We meet today in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1 to verse 30. We are still in this long section which sets before us the wisdom of Solomon. It is specifically directed to young men, but actually applies to every Christian. In fact, the unbelievers can learn a great deal from these Proverbs as well. The reading and the study of the Word of God will have a definite effect upon the life of anyone. It will either bring you to God or it will drive you from Him. The reaction to the Word of God cannot be neutral. Now, this is the first time there is a warning concerning alcohol. I suppose that alcohol has wrecked more nations, more businesses, more homes, more individual lives than any other single factor in this life. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Now the term mocker suggests the character of the drink itself because it promises pleasure but produces intoxication through dulling the senses of the person. The strong drink here produced from the fermentation of grain was even more potent than the wine and produced a brawler who was louder and boisterous and without self-control. The words led astray refer actually to the physical effects of overindulgence in the alcoholic beverage. That is also supported by Proverbs 23 verse 20 and 21. Surely, no single vice has done more harm through misery and suffering than the drinking of alcohol. Scripture recognizes alcohol's medicinal value according to 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 23, but how easily it moves to become a snare and a destructive force. There has always been a controversy about the wine in the New Testament being an intoxicant. Now, it is my firm and strong conviction that the Lord Jesus Christ did not make an intoxicating drink at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, according to John chapter 2. Anyone who attempts to make of him a bootlegger is actually ridiculous and is doing absolutely an injustice here. People like to present the argument that in the warm climate of Israel, all one had to do was to put grape juice in a wine skin and in time it would ferment. Yes, but in the miracle at Cana, the Lord Jesus started out with water. He didn't put grape juice. And in the matter of a few seconds, he had wine. My friend, it didn't have chance to ferment. And we must remember that the wording in Cana was a religious service. And everything that had to do with living, which is fermentation, was forbidden. You see, there was yeast, you see. This is the reason that at the time of the Passover and even the institution of the Lord's Supper, the wine could not have been fermented. Fermentation is the working of living or yeast. And yeast was strictly forbidden in bread and in everything around the time of the Passover. 
the bread and the drink could not have been leavened. Intoxicants are condemned in the word of God. And here is a verse for it. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is a brawler. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Today many people are being trapped by this type of thing. We hear about how bad drug abuse is today. But remember, alcohol is a drug. Let the adults stop drinking liquor before they can talk to the young people, to the children about the evils of marijuana or about the evils of drug abuse. Hypocrisy of those outside the church is even lots worse than the hypocrisy of those inside the church. Let's get this straight. Drunkenness was the undoing of Noah, my friend. It has been a problem from that day to the present hour. Alcohol is valuable for medicinal purposes. It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. Proverbs 20 verse 3. Now, one of the marks of a Christian should be that he does not prolong tension and strive. Someone has said that the only person we should try to get even with are the people who have helped us. In other words, repay good with evil. But my friend, don't try to get even with your enemies. Do not respond with evil for evil. Instead, be yielded to God, for God has said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12 verse 19 It is on that basis that God tells us not to avenge ourselves. It is actually a departure from the pathway of faith to attempt to take matters into our own hands. God can do it a lot better than we can. The child of God should remember what Paul said to the Philippian believers in Philippians chapter 4 verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Matthew Arnold translated gentleness as sweet reasonableness. Now that is amazing. Let your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. That is the meaning of this proverb. It is an honor for a man to cease from strive. How important it is. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Proverbs 20 verse 4. Now, Israel has a moderate climate. And winter is the season for preparing the soil for the spring planting. The sluggard, the lazy dunes would say it was too cold so he would stay by the fire to warm himself. He would say he will wait until it gets warmer. The problem will be that when it got warmer, it was already too late to plow. That would be the time to be doing the planting. There is here a knot of humor in this verse. We now come to a set of proverbs that at first seem totally unrelated. However, there does appear to be a relationship based on words that speak of goodness or moral principles. And I would highlight some of those principles as I read these verses. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find 
a faithful man. Proverbs 20 verse 6. Here, the moral principle and the theme is goodness. Goodness. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Proverbs 20 verse 7. Here, the word is integrity. That is the moral principle out of verse 7. Verse 8 says, A king who sits on the throne of judgment scatters all evil with his eyes. You see, scattering away all evil is talking about cleaning up a kingdom. You see, a, someone's coming to the throne and you are cleaning up all evil from the kingdom. That is getting rid of corruption, getting rid of all vices that work against righteousness. Proverbs 20 verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin. Again here the words are clean and pure and those are moral virtues for a child of God. Diverse weights and diverse measures they are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 20 verse 10. Here, falseness is contrasted to goodness. Proverbs 20 verse 11. Even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. And the emphasis here is upon goodness, even in children. Proverbs 20 verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. The thought here is to use your head. God has given you ears and he has given you eyes. Look and listen. That is not only good advice before you cross a railroad track. It is good advice when you are facing life every day. Look and listen. All the way through this group of Proverbs, we see two great principles side by side. First of all, who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Well, can you say that, my friend? I am sure that neither you nor I can say that. No man by his own efforts can claim to be pure. Even the little baby in the crib cannot claim purity. Those little ones actually reveal temper while they are still infants. My friend, if you would be heaven-bound, you must first of all be heaven-born. John 3 verse 3 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus said that to a religious man, a good man, no man can call himself good or pure or right or clean until he has come to Christ for salvation and has been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Then he is accepted into the beloved. But there is still that old nature that will stay with us until we enter into glory. But notice from the Proverbs that goodness does count, integrity does matter to God, purity is worth something, my friend. A child of God should be walking in the way which commends the gospel of the grace of God. 
Here is a soul-searching question, my friend. If you were arrested today for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you, my friend? Suppose you were brought before a court on the accusation, this fellow is a Christian. Would there be enough evidence there to convict you? Or would you be able to get off free? Would they look at your life and find that you are not living like a Christian should? Would they find you do not walk in integrity? Would they find no goodness, no desire for purity? Think about this. The second thought in these Proverbs is this. God has given you eyes to see and ears to hear. Use them. Stop. Look. Listen. Don't go blindly through life, seeing but not seeing. Use your eyes. Open your ears. God has given you a certain amount of common sense, a certain amount of fortitude. Listen to the good news God has for you. You cannot make yourself pure. Only God can make you pure. God can give you a standing before him that removes all the guilt of your sin and enables you to walk in integrity in this world. Isn't this amazing? It is amazing, amazing indeed. Do not love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Proverbs 20 verse 13. Now the sluggard we heard about in Proverbs 6 verse 6 to 11 in his laziness is characterized as follows. First of all, he fails to begin things. That is in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. He neglects to complete his tasks. Proverbs 19 verse 24. He refuses to face his problems. Proverbs 22 verse 13. Therefore he is a man who is restless according to proverbs chapter 13 verse 4 and he is unsatisfied and helpless proverbs 15 verse 19 and he is worthless proverbs 18 verse 9 he is worthless to all by the way now the emphasis of the verse that we have just read is not to forbid sleep but to warn against the love of sleep for its own sake my friend Rather, sleep should be to refresh the body and to provide its needful rest. The wise counsel is saying here, go to work, my friend. You remember this is the same thing that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. He said that if a man doesn't want to work, neither should he eat. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 10. Those people were so excited about the possibility of the Lord's return that they were just waiting for the Lord. It is wonderful to be looking for him and waiting for him. But that doesn't mean that just sitting down and gazing into space is the way to wait for him. A true anticipation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will cause a person to put his nose to the grindstone and work harder than ever before because you only have a limited amount of time to accomplish God's purpose for your life. Proverbs 20 verse 14, it is good for nothing, cries the buyer, but when he has gone his way, then he boasts. Now, this is a humorous proverb, 
and I hope you can see the humor in it. A fellow goes in to buy a car, for example. He says to the man who is selling it, I don't think this car is worth buying. The tires are almost worn out. The motor doesn't sound too good. There is a rattle back there, but I'll give you so much for it. The owner says, it's all right. I'll sell it to you for that. The buyer says, well, I don't think it's really worth that, but I will take the car. He gets in the car and drives it home and he calls out his wife and the neighbors and he says, look what a bargain I got. That is a human nature, isn't it? And here the word of God says, it is not right. It is not right to do so. Don't say it is good for nothing when actually you see value in it. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Proverbs 20 verse 15. Our sense of values are all wrong today. Material things measure man rather than the knowledge that he has. Here we are told the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take the garment of one who is surety for a stranger and hold it as a pledge when it is for a seductress. Proverbs 20 verse 16. When you deal with certain people, you had better have them put up a little collateral, so to say. If you don't, you are sure to be taken in. Proverbs 20 verse 17. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. A person may think he is getting by with deceit, and it may seem sweet to him. No one gets by with a thing like that. God will see to that. Proverbs 20 verse 19. He who goes about as a tale-bearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. You see, the man who flatters you to your face and then goes off and gossips about you is the man you had better keep your eye on, even if he is a deacon in your church. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Proverbs 20 verse 20. Here the child who denounces and ignores the fifth commandment is condemned to death. It is also recorded in Exodus chapter 21 verse 17, Leviticus 20 verse 9. Now this condemnation was actually seldom if ever carried out. Now, the earthly parent extends mercy to his child, even as the heavenly father offers mercy to his child. The lamp or light of the godless child is extinguished, leaving him in darkness. Now, if you have a father and a mother of whom you can boast, then boast of them. If you cannot say something good about them, and a lot of people can't, then just don't say anything. That is what this proverb is saying. This is where Ham made the mistake. Noah, his father, got drunk and Ham exposed his father. He should have kept silence. There are certain things 
that you just don't run around telling everyone, especially when it relates to your own parents. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own ways? Proverbs 20 verse 24. How can a man understand his own way? We have never passed this way before. Only the Spirit of God can lead us. God told Moses that he needed him to lead him. And you and I need his leading also. Proverbs 20 verse 25. It is a snare for a man to devote rashly something as holy and afterwards to reconsider his vows. Now, this proverb is saying, don't make a vow until you are sure of what you can do. Don't publicly dedicate your life to God until you have thought it through. God doesn't want that kind of a sentimental decision. And I'm afraid there is too much of that going on in churches today. Proverbs 20 verse 27, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his spirit. God has not left himself without a witness. Acts 14 verse 16 and 17 tells us, even though every faculty of man was affected by the fall, there is still within each man the image of the creator, which gives to man the standard for right and Godliness is opposed to wrong and ungodliness. This lamp, man's moral measure, is a means of self-examination given by Yahweh himself. And the phrase inner depths of his heart is a reference to the depths of one's soul, thoughts, attitude, desires, affections, and will. So the spirit of a man is only the lamp, the vessel that holds the light. Man is just a lamp, and until the Holy Spirit fills us, we don't become a light. Remember the parable of the ten virgins. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They were just lamps. Without the oil, they would not have light. Proverbs 20 verse 29. Now this proverb is saying, act your age. The young man is the one to be the athlete. Because you still have strength. Young men delight to show strength and agility of body. Whereas in old age, physical strength is often replaced by wisdom and experience. A young man, leave your age. Old men, leave your age. The old man had better not try to act young. He will just make a fool of himself. He had better act his age. He should reveal a little wisdom because that is what gray hair should indicate, wisdom. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.